chapter number 27. We're going to read just a couple verses, I believe starting in verse number 12. And, and you say, Preacher, why are you, dressed, why are you dressed the way you are? I want to talk to you about being the church, not necessarily going to church. We've got, a lot of, we've got a lot of church people in America that's addicted to going to church, which is a good thing. I like going to church. I like all of it. I, I, I go every chance I get, and, and I like it. But sometimes we get so busy going to church, we forget to be the church. And the only thing about church we know is what we see in these walls, and that is a travesty. Because we are not just to go to church, we're supposed to be the church. He said when he left this world, he said, I, I, I am the light of the world. But then when he left, he said, now ye are the light of the world. Go out and be salt and light. And, and, and today I want to I talk a little bit about being in a crisis, a Christian in a crisis. Do you realize we can be Christian in, in a crisis? We can, and, and matter of fact, that's when we need to be Christ more than any time is in the midst of a crisis. We do not need to be the ones freaking out and flipping out. We don't need to be the ones, listen, that's losing our mind. We need to be the ones that's ready, able, and willing to help those in the time of need. Church, say amen. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 27, verse number 12, if you have found your place, say amen. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter which it is a haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed closely by Crete, but not long after. Sometimes you can be going along in life thinking everything's great, everything's peaches and creams, and bam, here it comes. Not long after, there rose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive, and running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. The Apostle Paul, a great man of God, a great Christian, not because of the decisions he made, but because he was preaching the gospel and doing right, is now in a crisis. He is now in a situation that is life or death. He is now in a crisis situation where everybody is losing hope. Everybody is scared to death. They don't know where to turn. They don't know what's going to happen. They have given up all hope. But he stands and is Christ in the midst of this crisis. When all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Father, in Jesus' name, help us now. I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, lead us. Give us what we stand in need of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I was sure by now, God, you would. 
could have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. But as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you, and as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away.
I wish I could say that when you get saved, you are automatically immune to crisis. I wished I could say that when you begin your journey with the Lord, that, that then everything is fine, every, all the storms are over, and, and everything is peaches and cream from there, but that's just not the case. Amen? Paul, if there was anybody that was right with God, if there was anybody that was close to God, it would have to be the Apostle Paul, and he is now in a situation that his life is at stake. He is in a situation, a crisis situation, if you will, and, and you know, honestly... When you look at this situation, you, 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 have to, you have to say this is the time that the church is to rise up and it's really the chance and opportunity God gives them to shine. And Paul, in this situation, in this crisis, in this fearful uh, atmosphere that he's standing in, something takes place that I want you to see. And this is, this is what this is all about today. Uh, you know, it's easy to come here and sing, isn't it? This is the fun part. This is the, this is the good part. It's, it's easy to play in the game. It's going to practice in two-a-days. It's the booger. Amen? Coming here is great. Coming here is awesome. I love coming to church. I love singing. I love being in the worship. I love all of this. But this is just a small part of what it really means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is most important in the crisis. And Paul stands up, everybody's afraid, everybody has given up hope, everybody has said, we're, it's over, we're done, we need to just throw in the towel. All hope was gone that they should be saved. But then this is what takes place. The Bible says that Paul, Paul, after a long abstinence, verse 21, stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. But watch what he says. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be as it was told me. In the midst of a crisis... We are, we are dealing with the aftermath of a crisis. We are facing what comes after the cleanup and the repair and the, and the, and, and, and the rebuilding and, and coming back together in the healing process. But Paul is in the middle of it. Paul, I mean, it is still dangerous. It is still life-threatening. And Paul stands and says, everything's going to be okay. Be of good cheer, everybody. Get your chin up. Look up. Look up. Hey, everything's going to be all right. Man, how was he able to do that? How was he able to, how was he able to stand with courage? How was he able to stand in the midst of that crisis and change the lives of everybody else? 276 people on this ship. 276 people that he changed their lives because he was Christian. He was Christ-like in the midst of a crisis. He, he did not just know what it meant to go to church. He knew what it meant to be the church. Now, how did he do that? How can we do that? What can we do the next time a crisis comes up? What can we do the next time we have to face a situation? And it can come. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not the last crisis you'll ever face in your life. Amen. Yesterday, yesterday I was in my office getting ready for today, and, and, and my sister comes running down the, the hallway and runs into my room and, and, and my office and says, Hey, listen, we got to go, got to go, we got to go to UAB, hurry up.
come on, we got to go. Uh, my niece was there and and her daddy, my Uncle Chuck, most of y'all know him, goes to church here. Uh, uh, he, had, he had had a heart attack on the job. And they had to fly him to UAB. And we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know the situation. So we had to jump in a vehicle and run to UAB. And I'm thinking, God, I don't need any more drama. Like y'all ain't never done that. Come on, people. Friday. Friday, my mentor, one of, one of the... One of the best preachers I know, a great guy. Uh, matter of fact, he, he's really helped me with a lot of this, this message. He had triple bypass surgery on Friday. Th Saturday morning, he had a heart attack again. One of the bypasses uh, collapsed, and they had to go in and put stents in the bypass. And they said it would only happen to 1% of patients that would ever, it was just a freak thing. And I'm like, Lord, seriously? In the midst of all of this, how are we going to respond? What is the world going to see in us? Amen. We think we're an influence on them by us going and coming to this building on a Sunday morning. But that's not the real influence. The real influence that makes a difference in the lives of those who are unbelievers who do not go to church is how you respond in a crisis. Anybody can come in here and sing. Do you realize there are unbelievers that come in here and sing and like church? Anybody can do this. But it takes somebody that knows God to respond in a Christ-like way in the midst of a crisis. I was reading this and thought, man, how did Paul do this? How did Paul do this? And then God began to speak to my heart. And there's this three things. I, and let me say this. If there has ever been a time, and y'all have heard me say this before too, if there's ever been a time that there was a message that was easy preaching and hard living, this is it right here. I wish through this last couple weeks that I was good at all three of these and that I practiced all three of these and that I was, I was just jammed up with them. But God gave me this this week to help me learn the next time what I need to be better at the next one. I need, are y'all with me, amen? amen? The first thing that I see in Paul's life that helped him to be Christ in a crisis. Number one, he stayed connected. He stayed connected. Let me, let me read this verse to you. The Bible says in verse number uh, uh, 24, it says, saying, Fear not, Paul. Or let me go back to verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. What are you saying? He was connected. He was prayed up. He had been spending time with God in prayer. Now, I'm telling you, when things get hectic, when things get chaotic, when things get overboard and it just gets beyond your capability of staying cool, calm, and collected, the best thing you can do is stop and pray. Amen. I can't tell you how many times that things got a little crazy. And uh, uh, Brother Travis, you told me when I called back that one time, he, I said, what, what's going on with building number three? He said, we, had it, we just stopped and we prayed about it and everything's fine. Is that true? Is that not exactly what you told me? And I'm telling you, times that it got out of balance is when we didn't pray. Something happens when we pray. 
God wants us to pray in the midst of a crisis. We need to pray before the crisis. We need to pray after the crisis. We need to pray. We need to spend time with God before it ever arrives so we'll be ready when it gets here. Are y'all with me? What, 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 what was a response? What was, what was an outcome of the prayer and being connected? There's three things that took place because Paul was connected. The first thing was there was a presence revealed. He said, the angel of God has stood by me this night. Boy, it's really hard to be afraid when the Prince of Peace is holding your hand. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Do you realize when you're spending time in prayer, you're going to feel a presence of God in your life like you've never seen and you've never known? And it's really hard to be upset when the Prince of Peace is holding on. Amen. There'll be a presence. God's presence will be real. And I'm telling you, there's no, there's, there's no darkness of night that'll ever outdo the bright light of God's presence. Never, never, never. He stayed connected, and because of that, there was a presence revealed. He said, the angel of God has stood by me this night. B, not only that, but there was a peace received. You say, where do you get that? In the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, it says, it says uh, make your petitions known unto God. Bring your burdens to God. Bring your requests unto God. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry. It says, be anxious for nothing, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what happens? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word keep means to guard, to stand garrison. We've been, we've been in town and, and feeding and doing our rounds, and, and man, those National Guard guys and the state troopers, man, they're standing there walking around. One of the most eerie feelings I ever got in my life was at night when we were making one of the rounds and taking coffee. And these guardsmen come by with their M16s and they meant business. Are y'all with me right now? And I'm telling you, they were standing guard. And they, they were keeping looters from coming in. And they meant business. You know what? That just reminded me God will stand guard over our mind. When the devil comes and tells you you need to throw in the towel, you might as well give up. It's all said and done. You need to just be afraid because God doesn't love you and God doesn't care. And God is nowhere around. If you'll bring your petition to God, God will stand guard over your mind and tell you everything's going to be all right. Give Him praise. Listen, we need to stay connected. We need to stay praying. We need to stay on our knees before God. Why? Because we need His presence. We need His peace. But not only that, this is even more important. We need His plan. God, what do you want us to do? God, what do we need to do? How do we feed all these people? What are we going to do when they come and we run out of food? What are we going to do when we, we don't have supplies? What are, what are we going to do if it gets worse? What are we going to do if another storm comes? The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, James chapter number 1, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God will tell you what to do. God will tell you how to cook it. God will tell you where to get it. Every time they had a need in the New Testament, they would come to Jesus, they would go to God, and God would tell them exactly what they needed. Moses told them how to get water out of a rock. Listen, when he went to God, he told them how to get quail from heaven and manna from heaven. I'm telling you, it don't freak out. Go to God in prayer, and God will meet your need. We need to talk to him. You know what? Most of the time we get, we get all stressed. I said, we, me, I get stressed out because we're thinking, all right, what's the right decision? What's the right step to take? Do we go left? Do we go right? Do we stop? Do we go forward? And we are so stressed out, we're in, what is the right decision? And you know what? 
It dawned on me. When I was reading this, if we just ask him and he tells us, you never have to worry about it. It's his decision. The will of God is unbelievable. It'll take a lot of stress off of us. I need a witness. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? What job to take? What, what, what man to date or what woman to marry? Let's ask God. Amen. Why should we ask God? Because he's been in our tomorrow. He created you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows whether she's going to be good for you or not. He knows whether he's a jerk or not before you do. Because you never know in time. Say amen. Let's ask him. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I think, I think in my, my life, I can look back in my two weeks, and the one thing I, I, I failed to do the most was stay connected. The one thing I failed to do the most, and it affected the other two, was to stay prayed up. And before I worried about a decision, before I worried about a step to take, I seen in my life where I just, I didn't pray enough. So the next crisis, we need to stay connected. The next step, not only, hey, listen, we're not out of this thing yet. We got a lot of rebuilding to do. You know, God only knows what's going to happen at the fairgrounds. We don't know what's going to happen with the people in need. There's still so many people in need. Let's stay prayed up. No matter what we do, we never make a decision when let's pray about it. We never take a step without praying about it. Amen. This is something I learned, and I want to be better at. I want to stay connected. One of the reasons Paul was able to be what he needed to be in a crisis is he stayed connected. Number one, tell me what we need to be in a crisis, church. We need to stay connected. connected. Number two, number two, he says this. In verse number, in verse number, uh, Verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Verse 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. The second thing we got to be in a crisis. Now put your seatbelts on because this is a booger. We not only have to stay connected. Brother, you remember my mentor I told you about, Brother McCormick, the one that's had three bypasses and he's in, in, in the hospital right now. He's got more things going on than anybody I know. He has more pressure on him than any human being that I know on this, on this earth. He has a, a camp for troubled kids. He has a church going on, got businesses going on, got missions, organizations and things going on overseas. And it's just, I'm telling you, I, I don't, I honest to God don't know how he does it. And he's not a spring chicken neither. I mean, he, he's just, it's un he should be retired golfing or fishing or something, but he's just, it's just not his deal. Why? Do I said, Brother McCormick, what do you do when it just piles on? I mean, when everything, everything and I've been with him when the phone's ringing every, every second and people are pulling at him and everything. Would you know how that feels, Brother Travis? Uh, if you've been to the fairgrounds, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, everything, and this is what he said. This is what he said. And I remember one specific time, we were standing there, me and Brother Dolberry was standing there, and uh, we had like 13 piano players, and they were all sick one Sunday. 
Not, I mean, I'm embellishing a little bit, but anyhow, we had a bunch of them. We should have had a piano player, amen? But something happened. There was something crazy thing where they were all gone at one time. And this was Brother McCormick's first, first time here, and him being one of my heroes, I wanted to make a good impression, and here he comes, and he's standing there, and I'm just about to lose it. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, and, and, and I'm standing right about here, and Brother Doyle's right there, and he's sitting right there, and he sees what's going on, and he just comes up to me and him, and he grabs me by an elbow and grabs him by an elbow. He said, boys, this is not taking God by surprise. Everything's going to be all right. And I went... And Doyle looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, you heard him, come on. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, what, how do you, what do you do? What do you do when it's just, and this is what he said. He said, son, you got to stay cool, calm, and collected. Cool, calm. Now, that's not really in my vocabulary. It's not, I, I can't, I, whatever, I just... But in order to be Christ in a crisis, we not only have to stay connected, we've got to stay calm. Calm. Because, see, we're supposed to bring peace in the midst of chaos. Because we're the, we're the Christians. We have the light of the world. We have Christ, and we have hope, and we have help. Does that make sense? Amen. And we can't give something we don't have. Why is it so important to stay calm? Because when we stay calm, it's very essential to this right here. Write this down if you're taking notes. We've got to stay calm for a realistic discernment. What does that mean? If you're, if you're flipping out and your emotions are going 100 miles an hour, you cannot discern what you really need to do. You cannot realistically uh, gather the facts in and, and be able to compute them and, and, and let them go through your mind to make be a rational decision. Emotions, emotions are one of the greatest enemies in a crisis. Emotions are one of the greatest enemies in a crisis because if we let them go overboard, we cannot make a rational decision. Listen, God designed people. God designed human beings. I don't know if you know this or not or we even want to hear this or not in the day we're living in, uh, you know, with women's lib and everything. We don't want to hear this stuff. But God made men the way he made men and he made women the way he made women. He wired them different. He wired one to operate with facts and one to operate with feelings. Mothers, thank God, happy Mother's Day. Say amen. You know why mothers are, are so, so cherished and so precious and so everything? Because they're so nurturing and caring and loving. And, 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 and it doesn't matter why you got the boo-boo, you just got the boo-boo. You know what the daddy wants to know? What was you doing? Didn't I tell you not to do that? How many times did I told you not to jump that... Am I telling the truth? I mean, men are like Joe Friday, the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Can you give me the facts, please? But mama sees blood and it's, oh, come, let me kiss the boo-boo. And isn't it great to have somebody to kiss the boo-boo? But you know what? God made the man to be that person to operate on facts so that when the crisis takes place, it's calm. He stays. He doesn't operate in that. Listen, thank God for people who have the ability to stay calm. Amen. Now, I told you, this is easy preaching and hard living. But one, pardon the pun, but is connected to the other. 
How are we going to stay calm? We're going to stay connected. We're going to stay connected. If we stay prayed up, if we feel ourselves getting overwhelmed, all the way down to, all the way down to UAB, I was having to tell them, hey guys, just let's don't get carried away. Let's stay calm. We don't know what's happening down there. We don't know where the deal is. We just let's stay calm. And, and, and you know, that's not, that's not easy to do when it's a loved one or when it's a situation. But you cannot make a rational decision when your emotions are going 100 miles an hour. Does that make sense? Say amen. He stayed calm. He stayed calm. Now, what helped him stay calm? Not only that he was connected, but watch this, number three. Number three. We've got to stay connected. We've got to stay calm. And then number three, we have to stay confident. He said, guys, everything will be all right. And then he says this. He said, God told me, and one of the most important things, I believe God. I believe God. I believe it's going to be just like God said it was going to be. Now, what gave him that kind of confidence? What gave him the ability to say, hey, he said it's done. It's a done deal. I believe two things. Two things. I believe his position. He said, the angel of God has stood by me this night of whom I am. He said, I belong to God. What do you mean by that, preacher? Do you realize realize there's been scary times in my life that I've gone through? And then when my dad shows up, when my dad shows up, uh, whatever that situation is, uh, I've told you the deal. I've told you the deal before about having to feed the hogs. Anybody ever had hogs before? You ever had to slop the hogs? Tell the truth. Come on now. What's up with that? How come a hog smell can jump on you from 22 feet away? That's weird, ain't it? But we'd have to go out there, and man, I'm telling you, I'd be scared to death. And I don't know what about the return trip. The going trip wasn't bad, I guess, because we knew there was friendly folks behind us. But when you got there and it was darkness behind you, I could feel the boogers in the dark breathing down my neck. And man, I'd take off wide open, pray to God somebody had that glass sliding door open so I wouldn't bust it because I wouldn't stop it. Scared to death. But you know what? When Dad walked out there with us, it wasn't no issue. It wasn't no deal whatsoever. I wasn't scared a bit, you know, because he was with me. And I knew I belonged to him. And he loved me. He would take a bullet for me. Listen, if anything come that was going to hurt me, he would make sure that he would do everything in his power because I belong to him. And you know what Paul is saying in this whole deal? Hey, I belong to God. I'm his. Everything's going to be all right. He is in charge and he is capable. Say amen. amen. Not only his position, but his purpose. He said, of whom I serve. I got a job to do. I've got to go to Rome. I've got a purpose for God to accomplish in Rome. You say, why should that encourage me? If you've got a job to do for God, the devil's gunpowder can't burn till God's through with you. And if God's through with you, you don't want to be here no how. Brother McCormick, the one I told you was down in Florida. He's having triple bypass surgery. I'm talking about serious, serious open-heart surgery. And when you call him, you wouldn't know it for nothing. I mean, he is calm as a cucumber, just as happy-go-lucky, just, just telling everybody how 
Every, I mean, you wouldn't even know it unless you asked him and started talking about it. And this is what he said. He said, son, you can't threaten me with heaven. Amen. Okay. He said, if I come through, amen. If not, hallelujah. Amen. You see, we're not going nowhere until God's through with us. And when God's through with us, why hang around? Paul said this. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. He said, I, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Amen. He said, it's needful right now for me to be here, but I'm sure ready to go over there. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm ready to see that place that don't have tornadoes. Amen. I'm ready to see that place that don't have emergency rooms. I'm ready to see that place that doesn't have a heart cath lab. I'm ready to see. It's not just about what's in heaven. It's about what's not in heaven. No cancer. Listen, none of that stuff there. Amen. And he said, look, when God's through with me, this is Brother McCormick's words, when God's through with me, I'm ready to go. Now, guys, you've got a purpose. You've got a job to do. And, and until that job is done, God's going to watch over you. God's going to take care of you. Amen. And God's going to meet your need. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, let's do three things. Let's stay connected. Because if we stay connected, God's going to give us the ability to stay calm. Amen. And the more time and the more we see God do in our life, the more confidence we're going to have in what he does. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. 276 people, 276 lives on that ship was altered forever. Altered forever because of the response of one Christian. All of their lives were changed. You say, preacher, what do, you, what, what do you mean? You see, because Paul stayed calm, he was able to make a rational decision and say, look, guys, he told the soldiers, if they don't stay in this ship, because see, the guys, the, the sailors were trying to abandon ship, and they were going to leave all the other passengers to fend for themselves. And because he was able to make a rational decision, the soldiers kept the sailors on board to help everybody make it to land. He knew, and he made another rational decision because he stayed calm. He said, guys, we haven't ate anything for 14 days. We need to get bread. We need to get meat. We need strength. You need to eat something because we're going to need strength because he knew the ship was going to go down. But when you finish the whole story, the Bible said every single one made it to shore. Amen. Why? One man stood in the midst of a crisis and was Christ. He didn't just go to church. He was the church. He stayed connected. He stayed calm. And he stayed confident. And this week, I've been able to see the same thing. This week, we saw a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people affect their community because they were not just going to church. They took time to be the church. Amen. And I want you all to sit and watch this for just a second.
people said, Amen. Amen. I want every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you don't know that 
Christ that we've been talking about. If you don't know that, 